clap your hands. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. All my rhythmically challenged people, this is not for you. If you're happy, you know it, clap your hands. Hey, now see if I'd have said, everybody clap your hands. If we were in the 1130, I would have responded, white people. But we're not in the 1130 service, so I can't say that because I'm being recorded right now. So glad to see you in the house of God. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Leviticus. Genesis, Exodus, and then Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. Chapter 16 is where we're going to be for just a few minutes. We, we've been in this series, The Tabernacle. Today it marks 16 weeks. For 16 weeks we've been in the study of the tabernacle. It hadn't been powerful. Those of you that have been a part, hadn't it just been powerful? Like, this was planned to be a 12-week series, and the Lord just kind of took us in a detour, took us in a different, different way. Uh, this is one of those sermons, that, one of these messages, where I just felt like I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to dig a little deeper. I want you to go a little deeper. And that's, that's one of the messages today. Um, full transparency, this may be one of the shortest sermons of my life. In the first service don't you don't you don't you hate you missed it don't you hate that you missed it hallelujah because I really feel prompted of Holy Spirit that he wants to minister to his beloved today his sons and daughters multiple people came this morning in that first service and were washed in the blood of Jesus. And I feel the heart of the Father in this second service postured in the same direction. The book of Leviticus, chapter 16. We're in this series in the, entitled The Tabernacle. This is the tabernacle of Moses. Later on, David would be commissioned by God to build the temple. Solomon would actually build the temple. Today, if you were to go to Israel, to Jerusalem specifically, you would see the second temple that would be erected at the Wailing Wall, the Western Wall. I've subtitled this message this morning, Fire and Blood. Fire and Blood. Full transparency, I, I've preached the Tabernacle series for, this is now my third or fourth time preaching a series on the Tabernacle since the inception of Judah. And this has been one of the most life-giving series for me on a personal level. It's what I really feel like the thrust of my ministry is built for is helping understand Old Testament revelation of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. In, in some ways, it's easier for me to pre preach Jesus in the Old Testament than it is the New. Because in the New, it's the obvious. You see the red letters, all oh, this is about Him. But in the Old Testament, there are types and shadows and pictures all sprinkled throughout every book of the Bible where you can find Jesus. Don't make me preach that from, from Genesis to Malachi, because I'll go there. That's Malachi, but for those of you who are Italian, it's Malachi. <laughs> so, thank you so much. I'll be here all day. Ne next Sunday, we'll finish this series, and I'm, I'm, I'm specifically inviting you to come back next Sunday to make it a, a, an intentionality for you. And the reason why 
is because when I find myself in very difficult seasons, when I find myself under attack of the adversaries, things going on in my life, in my mind, in my heart, most often what I will do is pray the tabernacle prayer. And what I mean by the tabernacle prayer is each station, each place, each piece of furniture, each cloth is a representation of Jesus and it helps to usher me in with focus of what I'm trying to get to, which is ultimately into the presence of God. There are so many people that I hear say, listen, I love, I love God and I want to pray, but after about three minutes, I got nothing else to say. Well, for 17 weeks, we've been talking about the tabernacle, so you could, you could pray each one of them for a minute, and you've got a 17-minute prayer. But for me, when I find myself in difficult seasons, and most often I will come in here to this room, and I will turn all the lights off, and forbid anybody else hopefully to come in or I'll find an off time when I know no one else is going to be around and I will stand here in this room and I will pray through the tabernacle I'll start and you can throw that picture up there for me Nick I'll start at the gate and I'll begin to pray the gate you see on the other side of this gate is the tribe of Judah so before I start talking to God about anything I stand right there in praise and I begin to praise him for what he already has done in my life when I think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done, my soul will begin to boast. So before I ask him to help deal with the situation that's got me upset, frustrated, or distracted, I'll begin to praise him. Father, I thank you today that you gave me breath in my lungs. I praise you today for the goodness of the Lord, that there are clothes on my back. I praise you for the tires that brought me here, for the safety of the angels that are girded around my vehicle. I thank you, Lord, for the, my children are in safety and in refuge. I just begin to thank him and praise him. From that moment, I moved to the gate. Now, I thank him for who he is because the gate is Jesus. It is red, blue, and purple because he is red. He is the son of man, the shed blood of Jesus. It is blue because he is the son of God. He's not just the son of man, and he's not just the son of God, but the son of God came down and took on the clothes of humanity and became man. And when you put blue and red together, it makes the color purple which is the picture of royalty because he is the son of God he is the son of man but he is also the king of kings and the Lord of Lords after I walk through the gate of Jesus I come in and I find myself at the brazen altar where I ask him to forgive me I come into a posture of forgiveness Holy Spirit God I ask you in the name of Jesus to cover me with your blood today to wash away my sins after the the brazen altar we go to the labor where we're washing we're being purified we're being sanctified we come to a new door a new opening called the door the gate was the first one the door is the next one it is held up by five pillars because he is wonderful he is counselor he is the mighty God the everlasting father and he is the Prince of Peace when I come into what is known as the inner court or inside of the tent I will find in there three pieces of furniture number one I will find the menorah which is a picture of the church father I thank you that I am a part of the bride I thank you that I'm a part of the church I thank you that there is fire in this house I thank you that there is oil in this house I come to the table of shoe bread where he is my provider then I come to the altar of incense where I just begin to worship him for how majestic and how mighty and how everlasting he is then I come to another opening called the veil that veil is the barrier between me and what's known as the Ark of the Covenant the most holy place in the Holy of Holies there is one piece of furniture and it is the Ark of the Covenant go back to the opening picture for me in the outer court it was being lit by the Sun by creation in the holy place in the inner court 
It is being lit by the fire. The problem with remaining in the outer and the inner court is you still need somebody to light it other than you. A man's got to come and light the fire. A man's got to sustain the fire. A man's got to come with the oil in the inner court. But in the holy of holies, the only way you're going to have visibility is if the glory of the Lord makes manifestation. And today I want to talk to you about walking into the glory realm where the glory of the Lord is making manifestation. Look at this. We, we talked about this last Sunday in the book of Exodus chapter 30, verse 30. The Bible says that the priests would come in and they would be anointed with almost six quarts of oil, a mina of oil, from head all the way down to their toes. They were lathered, they were smothered, covered, and chunked, y'all. Do you understand what I'm saying? From the top of their head to the sole of their feet, they were oiled up. You didn't need jiffy lube, you didn't need, a, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they, were, they were covered, every daggone place. You didn't have to worry about what was the scarecrow and then the tin man you didn't have to worry about any kind of rust they were lubed up from top to bottom they were they had it all together watch this they're now anointed to come into the holy place and they are covered in oil that word anointing means to be smeared with they were smeared with the anointing and now they're about to walk behind the veil but they don't walk in empty-handed the book of Leviticus chapter 16 verse 11 for the sake of time I'm not going to read the passage but number one they come in and they have two things they have one thing in each hand number one they had a container of fire and in the other hand they had a container of blood the Bible tells us the Bible tells us that in one hand the priest was to bring in a fiery coal from the altar and to bring it behind the veil and in the other hand he was to carry in the blood of the sacrifice for the remissions of their sins they didn't come in empty-handed they didn't come in with some other thing they didn't come in with the hands in their pockets if they were going to come into the holy place they were going to do business and in order for them to do business they had to bring in the fire and they had to bring in the blood they were carrying a bucket of fire and they were carrying a bucket of blood they were carrying a container of fire and they were carrying a container of blood that fire represents the fullness of the Spirit of God called the Holy Ghost I know some of y'all come from the sophisticated church where it's the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you, this country boy came from a place called the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, when we felt real spiritual, we didn't even add the T behind it. We just call him the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the reason why we needed fire is because some of the things that was in our life was going to have to burn if it was going to get gone. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying today. He had to come in with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The fire, but not only the fire of the Holy Spirit, but also a bucket of the blood that represents the blood of Jesus Christ that comes in. Watch this now. He is covered in oil yet carrying fire. He's covered in oil. Do you know what happens to oil when it gets connected to fire? Yes, sir. Immediately that man becomes 
flammable. Immediately that man can burn. Immediately that man can be set ablaze. This is what happens, I'm afraid, in 2023. We come to church, but ain't nobody got no fire with them, or ain't nobody got no oil on them, and so we never burn for the Lord. We come in and we posture ourselves, and we're religious, and we're holy, and we got all that kind of stuff, but Jeremiah said, no, 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 no. This thing on the inside of me, it is like fire that is shut up in my bones. If I'm going to be set ablaze, I want to be set ablaze by the power and the fire of God in my life. Comes in with fire. On this fire, you'll see this all throughout Leviticus chapter 16, 11 through 15 or 16, I believe it is. They brought the fire and then they would saturate the fire with incense. Incense is the picture of worship. Because if the fire is going to have the right aroma, it's going to have to be connected with worship. And if worship is going to be what it needs to be, it has to be ignited by Holy Ghost fire. Y'all didn't hear what I said. In order for me to worship in the deeper realm, it's going to have to be worship on fire. And in order for me to experience the fire of God, it's going to have to be coupled with my worship. I wonder if the reason why we don't see anything crazy going on in church anymore is not because we got sophisticated, it's because we got snuffed out. Maybe God is looking for some worship. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Maybe God is looking for somebody who will worship him on fire. I'm not talking about come in and go, here's the wood, here's the fire, I will be your revival. I'm talking about if it does not happen in the presence of God, I don't know how in the world it's ever going to happen in my life. It's worship on fire. I'm talking about the kind of worship that God, if you don't touch my kids, I don't know how it's going to work out. If you don't touch my marriage, I don't know how it's going to work out. If you don't touch my body, I don't know how it's going to work out. But I came here today with an intensity in my worship because I want you to ignite. And if you need to set me ablaze, set me ablaze. I want to burn for you anyway, God, because I need worship. But I need that worship to be on fire. So how did you come in today? Let's take an inventory of ourselves. Well, Reverend, please don't ever call me Reverend. Well, Reverend, this is my first time at Judah Church. Well, I'm assuming you YouTube us. And if you didn't YouTube us, you got duped. But I hope you didn't come to Judah. I hope you came to the presence of the Lord. Well, Pastor, I just don't know because my situations are so dire. Maybe the reason why God allowed the pain is because you'll get focused in your worship needing Him in ways that good times maybe we don't. Well, Pastor, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm in that situation where I, you know, I'm just, I'm just not an expressive person. Well, let me come punch you in the face. We'll find out how expressive you are. It's amazing to me the people that I hear that are not express, expressive, but if you were to ever watch their favorite college football team with them. Three weeks away, by the way. 
Don't tell me you're not expressive. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just not an expressive person. Well, I would love to record you while you watch your news. Worship with fire. If I don't have the fire, there's no need for my worship. And if I'm going to bring him the worship, why would I bring him wet, limp-wristed noodle praise? Come on. Come on. Oh, I know. Y'all need, y'all need, you want me to pamper you? You came to the wrong church today. Came to the wrong church today. Because there are some things that are only going to happen in the deeper realm. And in order for me to get there, I cannot come empty-handed. I have to come with worship on fire. And this coal is really hot. Very hot. Extremely hot. (laughs) Painfully hot. I'm so glad he didn't take it and put it on my lips. He's covered in oil. He's carrying fire. And he's also carrying blood. Watch this. If the fire was to connect with the oil, he would become engulfed in flames. And the only thing that could put it out would be the blood. If he was to be ignited and engulfed in flames because of the fire connecting with the oil on his life, the only thing that could put it out would be the blood. Y'all, I have committed myself at 47 years of age that if I'm going to be put out, if I'm going to be snuffed out, if this flame, they told me in my 20s that, listen, when you get into your 30s, you'll calm down. Well, y'all, I made it through 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39, and lo and behold, at 40, I was friskier than I was in my 20s. I had more fervor in my 30s and heading into my 40s than I did in my 30s. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Then they told me, wait till you hit 40. When you hit 40, it's all downhill from there. Y'all, I'm 47 years of age. I'm about to head to 48, and I got more fight in me now than I've ever had before. He's done so much for me now. I can't back up now. Listen, oh, God have mercy. You understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I will get old like you. Maybe I will get more mature like you. Maybe I will get more sophisticated like you. But there is something on the inside of me that burns within me because he's been faithful year after year, day after day, month after month in situations that I couldn't even imagine getting myself out of. I don't know how not to thank him. I don't know how not to praise him. I don't know how not to give him glory for the great things he's done. He's done. Maybe when I hit 50. But I got some 50-year-olds in here that they got frisky at 50. Because when it's ignited, they don't ask you what age you are. How old is this fire? (laughs) It's been burning a long time, baby. Okay. So he brings in, look at this. The only fire, only the fire could ignite the oil, and only the blood could put it out. And that is my prayer of Judah Church at 12615 Steel Creek Road. 
is that if this thing is ever going to be put out, it's going to be put out because the blood wanted it to be stifled. Not anybody else, not charisma, not gifting, not branding, not marketing, not political correctness. Oh, God, have mercy. Don't get me started. Not any of that bull junk that sits outside the four walls of the church. I'm talking about rightly divided truth. And if God is going to be God, then we're going to let him be God, period. Because there's no other options for the fire to go out except the blood do it. And the blood's not going to do it. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 9 was very interesting. Now, some people believe it was Peter. Some people believe it was Paul. I'm not going to argue with you. It's in the word of God. I just trust God. It was all God-breathed. But the book of Hebrews was written to Old Testament-believing Jews, Hebrews. To persuade them that every single thing that they believe as it relates to the Old Testament has been fulfilled through the person of Jesus Christ. So he gives them very relevant doctrinal statements to help them understand through persuasion that it was all fulfilled by the man, the God-man, Jesus Christ. He uses in chapter 9 the picture of the tabernacle, and he makes this statement. He says, and for the second part, the high priest went in alone once a year. Look at this text. And he went in alone, but not without the blood. He was walking into a season alone, but not without the blood. He was coming into a situation that was unfamiliar to him because he only got access one time a year. But he wasn't empty-handed because he still had the blood. And I heard the Lord say to me in my spirit on Friday morning when I was finishing up this message that some of you are about to walk into a new season but not without the blood. Some of you have been walking in difficult seasons even now but not without the blood. Some of you have been walking in confusing seasons but not without the blood. In just a few weeks we're going to celebrate Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. 5784 will be the year in the Jewish calendar. But hear me, we're not walking into the new year without the blood. Without the blood. I'm not walking into a church service without the blood. I'm not walking into a church meeting without the blood. I'm not walking into a staff meeting without the blood. I'm not walking into my marriage without the blood. I'm not raising my kids without. This is for the rest of this year and not without the blood rest of this year. They would bring the fire and they would sit it on the ark of the testimony and then the priest would bring the blood He would reach his hands in, according to Leviticus 16, seven times. He would reach his hand in the blood, and he would sprinkle it. He would sling it in a place between the two angels called the mercy seat. You must understand today that this seat was a seat of judgment before the blood was applied. But when the blood was applied, that seed of judgment became a seed of mercy. Next Sunday, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, in this room, I'm going to release mercy seat miracles. Pray into that with me this week. 
that I'm going to release mercy seat miracles. They would sprinkle it seven times over the mercy seat because the number seven is the number of completion. The number seven is the number of rest. It's the number of Sabbath rest because God has completed. And I heard the Lord say, now that we've moved in to month number eight, we're entering in our seasons of rest. That God is about to complete some, there's some, it is finished for some people in this room today. There's some, it is finished for some people in this room today. That depression is finished. Um, that anxiety is finished. That fear is finished. That loneliness is finished. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That sickness, there is a, it is finished for that disease in this season. Came with a bucket of fire and a bucket of blood. Today, Day. What did you come in here depending on? What is it that we're counting on with our hands? The fire of the Holy Spirit and the soul cleansing blood of Jesus is not enough. And I submit to you, maybe we're doing way too much. Is there anybody in this room today thankful for the blood? Why don't you just slip up your hands and just thank him for the blood? Just thank him. Pastor, why do we have to lift our hands? They taught you in class. Your teacher taught you this lesson. If you know the answer, raise your hand. Come on. It is the answer for every question you have. Oh, it still reaches to the highest mountain. Oh, somebody thank you for the blood. It still washes still cleanses it still redeems if you're redeemed today just, just thank him just thank him you know what this means oh, I'm about to pour some worship with this fire today. You know what's been in my heart all morning? What can wash away my sin?
giving praise all over this room. I'm giving praise all over this room. If you're thankful that you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, give him praise. Oh, somebody worship the Lord. Somebody worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Maybe that's a little too old school for you. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing.
Today I just have a question for you. Are you washed in that bucket of blood? Is there an area of your life that God does not have access to today? He can wash it and make it purer than snow. There are so many times that we give God most everything. There's an old song a few years back in my childhood that church used to sing all the time. And the title of it was, I Surrender All. And I remember sitting there as a little boy thinking, what hypocrisy. Because most of the time what I saw was people who surrendered some. And then I realized in my own life the challenge of giving him everything. Today, The love of the Father wants to wash you in His blood. I didn't ask you, are you religious? I asked you, are you washed? I didn't ask you if you have a good heart. I asked you, are you washed? I didn't ask you how much of your civil duties you complete. I asked, are you washed? Listen, good deeds doesn't wash you. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. In moments like this, two conversations start to go pop off in people's heads. The enemy jumps right up on your shoulder and starts shaming you with condemnation. You know what you were looking at last night. You know what you acted like. You know that stuff that was going on. You know you still can't stand that mother. Come on. Come on. You, you know you know you can go up there and you still ain't going to be free. That's what the, you are not you are not worthy to be saved again. You just going to fail him again like you did the last time. Condemnation. The Bible describes Lucifer as the accuser of the brethren. Listen. Holy Spirit doesn't condemn, he does convict. And what he says is, let me wash that away from you. I love you. The heart of the Father is the drawer. The heart of the accuser is to keep you away. Let me, let's be clear. If you could have fixed this, you already would have. You already would have knocked this off the list. If you could adjust, you hate it, but you do it anyway. 
Hear me today. Your chain is not more powerful than his blood. Your bondage is not more powerful than his blood. Your depression is not more powerful than his blood. Your anxiety is not more powerful than his blood. Your adultery is not more powerful than his blood. Do you hear what I'm saying today? The blood is the only thing to get that stain out. But today the heart of the Father is drawing you. Oh God, thank you Holy Spirit. I'm done with church. You've said those words. I'm not inviting you to church. Inviting you. To a man who will love the hell out of you. Ask me how I know. Ask me how I know. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Prayer team, any elders I have in the room, quickly and quietly move in this direction. If you're in the room today and there's an area of your life that has not been washed, today's the day. Today's the day for you to choose. We are in the presence of the Lord. And there's enough blood for your situation. He shed enough for you. And every sin you could possibly ever commit. If you're in this room today and you have an area of your life that is not washed by the blood of Jesus, I'm going to invite you to get out of your seat and meet me in this front. One of these mighty men, mighty women of God who are well-trained are called to minister to you today. And if you need ministry, that's what they're here for. Well, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. That's why they're here, to help you pray. Today, if you need to be washed, this altar is for you. Number two, I heard the Holy Spirit in the second service. I mean the first service. If you're weak today and you are weary, there's strength for you in His presence. Let the ministers minister. And in the middle of worship, it will be amazing how your strength will be restored. In that first service, a daughter who lost her father just less than 10 days ago drug herself into this room and ended up on the front row. Begged God not to take her father from her. Only child, daddy's girl. And I watched the Spirit of the Lord just begin to rest on her and bring restoration even in this difficult season. Y'all, won't he do it? I heard the Holy Spirit in the first service. He said, you've even uttered these words, I'm empty and I have nothing left to give. After the service, a husband came and whispered in my ear, said, Pastor, thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit. My wife said those very words to me last night. Won't he do it? 
you're weak or you need to be washed, this altar is for you today. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Pastor, I, I just I got some things to work out. I got some things I need to get right and then I'll get washed. You don't get right and get washed. You get washed and then he begins to make things right. And not just your right, it's called righteousness. It's the greatest decision. Hey bro, you need somebody to beg you? Cool. Please. Please make the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. Please put yourself in a situation that will change you and your legacy forever. I'm not too proud to beg. Because I know what's on the other side. It's joy unspeakable. And it's filled with glory. How do I know? Uh, You're just the preacher. You're supposed to that. Watch this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And if he did it for me and he did it for them, Lord knows you got a whole lot of chance. Heads about, eyes are closed. If you need to be washed or you're weak and weary today, come on. Get out of your seat and meet one of the ministers in this front. I release you right now. Come on. Come on. Just, come on. Prayer team, just begin to pray. Worshippers, just begin to worship. People are moving all over this room. Today's the day. Today's the day. Come on. Come on, help me right here. Yes, yes. Yes, help me right here. Help me right here. Come on. If you're weak today, don't be a watcher, be a worshiper. If there's an area that needs to be washed, we're going to wash it today. If you're weak today, you're weary today. Yeah. 